what we got here Fail to communicate. You just hold on, Daisy. I got something for you. Let me introduce myself. I'm Joe Grizzly, bitch. Hey everybody, it's Cyborg, and I am joined by Temp, and this time we are reviewing Halloween, the reboot by Rob Zombies. So if you haven't watched our other ones, make sure you go back. We've been reviewing all of them in the series, leading up to the new movie, releasing in just a couple days. So on that note, let's jump into it. So, ah man, this one, uh, this one's a rough start. It is, it is. It easily, without question, has my least favorite start of all the series. Yes. <laughs> the entire Maybe just series. movies. It's not even just Halloween. Or not even just horror. Just <laughs> movies. That is accurate. That is absolutely accurate. I mean, I feel like if you can make it past the first 20 minutes of this movie, you're you're good at that point. Not that the rest is good. But the... It's front-loaded. The worst is definitely right up front for those first Yeah, this minutes. movie starts with a cannon shot. It's uh, <laughs> it's a lot to take in. And it's not just one component. It's not like one... No. Everyone is difficult. There's, right down to Michael. Yeah, no, I mean, I saw you uh, post in the chat when you were watching it that you said... Uh, you're four minutes in and you already want to give up. And it's funny that you say that because I watched this movie with my wife a few years back and I remember turning it off not even like 10 or 15 minutes in just because, I mean, I saw it in theaters when it came out, but I, I didn't remember just how hard that initial flurry of disgustingness and trash and we might as well just jump into it here so the first thing i have in my notes and we're not going to go beat by beat like i've said in the uh, past few reviews we're going to kind of hit the high notes so i'm not going to list everything that happens in the movie we'll just kind of talk about the things that are worth discussing but the first one i have here and this is what we're greeted with right out of the gate is michael's stepdad <laughs> jeez this guy yeah. This guy is probably one of my least favorite people in any movie. He's definitely in the top 10, top 5, somewhere in there. And man, they just they just don't even they don't even start things off nice. It's just Michael's stepdad being disgusting, trashy, just a pile of garbage. Everything from you know, I uh, just uh, the way he talks to his Michael's mom, the way he talks to his stepdaughter, you know, like flirting, almost like being flirty about it. He's like hitting on her, talking about how great her ass is and just disgustingness. He's being a complete shitbag to Michael, just everything. He's just, he's, he's mocking the baby for crying. <laughs> like, yeah, that was everything. also tough. The baby crying was just like a horrible cherry on top. Just I don't, I don't like babies crying in general. Sure. But man, talk about a horrible like chemistry formula. Just rough. Yeah. I I yeah, this is Whew, like I said, it, he is probably the worst character in the movie from just being just a complete pile of trash and he easily just yeah, yeah, he the way he, 
the way this character is written, I don't understand this. And this is where, like, you have to question Rob Zombie. And this is going to come up a lot during this review, I'm sure. But he wrote the screenplay for this. He directed this. What is with him in just these trashy characters? And this is just one example and I know he's done, obviously, other horror movies with just, just, you know, vile people. But in this one specifically, why does this character need to be like this? Like, what is he trying to... What's the benefit of this? I mean, my first thought is, are the, are we tr- is he trying to lay the groundwork to make you feel sorry for Michael? Because that's not something we should be doing. You know, that's not... I don't know, it's just... It just, I don't know, it just disgusts me. I guess it is kind of, no, we'll we'll talk about that later, but yeah, thoughts on this character. I I mean, I like the actor a lot. William Forsyth has done a lot of good stuff, and even though I've gone on record saying I don't like The Devil's Rejects, um, he is by far the best part of it, in my opinion. Uh, He's super talented, and and you know that, I want to say this early, like, the, the, it's very clear why Rob Zombie did this. He knew what he was doing. He made the beginning as painful and as shitty as possible because he's trying to contrast the Strodes. When we get to the Strodes, you're going to really feel that change in atmosphere. So I I see what he was trying to do, but I don't know if the ends justify the means here. Uh, I, the character is well acted, and that's the theme of this movie. There's a lot of good performances in this movie, um, but the content is just hard. I think we'll get to the the other stuff later, but as much as I hate this character, he did a good job, which is, I mean, read into that multiple ways, but man, it's not even just him either. Like he's bad, but everyone is bad. The baby is bad. Speaking of which, so we'll move on. We got Judith who is- Yes, that's where I was going. Trashy as well. She's all- I don't even know what to describe her as, but yeah, she's just complete, complete like shitbag as well to Michael and just the whole scene in general. I just do not care for this, like this family in general. His mom is a stripper. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I mean, it's like they're trying to paint this family as white, just pure white trash. Let's just be like every, there's no likable character in the bunch. Michael, is annoying with his screaming and his whining and the way he he talks he has a pet rat that he just instantly kills yeah that was Uh, there's a lot of animal cruelty in this movie and that's that's the one thing i don't really have a tolerance for like if i wasn't doing a review for this movie i would have turned it off four minutes in no doubt like the minute i saw the blood and the scalpel i'd be like you know what we're done here yeah, and it's but not subtle. It's not subtle either. It's not like no. some of the other Halloween films where maybe you see, you know, the remains like just in darkness, whatever. This they don't shy away. Like they just it's just trying to shock you with the constant bodies of the animals and the way they're presented. I uh, yeah, I don't I don't I don't know, but we'll we'll cover those as we get to them, but any other thoughts on Judith, his mom? That was actually the breaking point. When I wrote that in the uh, the chat uh, on the Discord, that was the scene is when she was saying, were you, were you stroking your gerbil, Michael? I'm like, yeah. fuck this. Fuck this. Yeah. But I yeah, mean, it's I, just, I, I can't watch it. It's just, so. I don't understand what the appeal is to that. Like, that's just, 
disgusting writing and it that's these this isn't even the worst scene in the movie i don't know which version you watched but we'll get to another scene that really is i disgusting. wondered about that i wonder what version i was wondering if there was multiple versions there's two there's a there's a director's cut or like a unrated or whatever and then there's the theatrical cut so this was the second worst scene in the movie i think we both know what the worst scene is we'll get to that okay. but but yeah, yeah, no, this is so either way, yeah, his whole family just sucks and Michael sucks by proxy. And this is where I don't this is this is already my number one complaint is I don't want this backstory for Michael. I just don't. Like shitty family, shitty bullies that we're getting to. He kills a bunch of animals. Uh there's just there's just no mystery here. Like you can. I, I understand that they're going for an origin story, but this isn't a character that I think needed one, and it definitely didn't need to be this. What they did in the original movie, John Carpenter's Halloween, where he kills his sister, it's supposed to be shocking. It's supposed to seem like this normal kid killed his sister out of nowhere. You don't know why. You don't know if this is the first thing he ever did. Like it, it, It's implied that this is just one day he snapped, like... It was just a normal family where the kid, for whatever reason, killed his sister and he just broke. Like, that's that's my that's my impression of the original. This is a 180. It's like they're trying to give you as many signs and reasons for why he does what he does. And I don't understand that. Like, they do the serial killer thing where he tortures animals and kills animals for fun. They do the shitty upbringing so it's bad nurture, it's mental illness, it's everything wrapped into one. And it's like, what? that doesn't make the character... It's not like I want Michael Myers to be likable. It's that when you explain that much, there's just... To me, there's just nothing for anyone to me. I, this isn't a character that I even enjoy watching anymore. I mean, there's a metaphor in the movie that kind of makes the whole thing problematic as it is uh, to, to me i would not have had as big of a problem with it if they didn't drop it halfway through the movie because all the build-up of making him like this rage monster i feel like the whole setup just kind of disappears halfway through and he goes back to being the ghost the shape again and it that, that doesn't work for me at all he rob zombie wants his cake and he wants to eat it too but it doesn't work like that one of the, the scenes that bothered me the most is when Michael tells Loomis his favorite color is black. And Loomis says, black is not a color. Uh, and I, he's, what Rob Zombie's trying to do here is trying to set up a metaphor that his favorite color is black because he's nothing. There's nothing there. He's the emptiness incarnate. Right. Let me say why this is stupid. Now, it, a lot of people get this wrong, but first of all, black is a color. That's why the metaphor doesn't work. People think it's not a color because they think color is equivalent to light. But that's not what happens. What happens when light hits your retina, there's a chemical reaction and neurons send a signal to your brain and your brain creates an image. And the quality of that image, that's color. Color is an abstract universal. There is a causality between light and color. But light is not color. So yes, black is a color. So the whole metaphor is fucking stupid. So... And that's already problematic, but it's like, why is he the nothingness? I thought the whole point at the beginning of the movie was to show that he was fucked up and he was a rage monster. So what do you want, zombie? Do you want the nothingness? Do you want the shape? 
or you want the fucked up redneck? Which one do you want? So it's all problematic. Believe it or not, I do have some good things to say about this movie. Sure, I got a couple. This, this was a, a silver bullet for sure. This was this is really problematic. I, yeah, I don't have anything good to say for a while, so we'll keep going <laughs> through the movie here, though. Um, yeah, the whole origin story and him as a kid, I just there's nothing good for me to say at any of it. Anyway, so he has a bully at school, and once again, it's like it's I know, <laughs> I know it's funny to think about like in the in Halloween four or Halloween five or whatever, when the kids are picking on Jamie and they're being like horrible, like horrible bullies and whatnot. Like it's like they went out of their way to try and top it. Let's just, instead of having kids, you know, taunting, taunting the child. Now it's like, they're just flat out being disgusting pigs. Like the dude, ha, oh, Jesus, the spy kid, the kid that's in spy kids, all grown is that up. him? Yeah, the little boy. Um, Although that's this movie. This whole yeah. movie, I was like, is that him? Is that her? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we have Spy Kid, and he's the one that's taunting Michael along with his friend. But yeah, it's just, once again, he's just, it's like everything to the extreme. Let's have the most extreme shitty family. Let's have the most extreme shitty bullies. It's just disgustingness. And it's like, what? I. I it's just, I don't know. I'm not going to try and dwell on this too much but i just don't get it anyways so michael ends up killing the spy kid he just beats him up with a branch to the point that he he kills him while he's wearing his mask and the problem i have with that is i it feels odd to me to not have his family like the whole murdering of his family be his first time killing something or killing someone i should say i don't know it's just odd to me that he killed that kid first it kind of takes well, away really unnecessary. Well, yeah, it, it just takes away the the impact of what he's doing, I guess. When, like I said, it goes back to the kid that just snapped, kills his family. You don't know why. Well, it's like, well, he killed the bully that earlier in the day. It's like, I don't know. To me, having him kill his family as his first instance of his issues or whatever you want to call them. To me, that makes more sense to have him kill the bully like yeah like you said it is unnecessary but i just don't i feel like it takes away from what happens later it should be even though you know what's going to happen it should be come to a shock to you what he's doing to his family whereas now that you've seen what he's capable of and you've set his family up as complete shitbags no it's not of course he kills his family <laughs> like it's not a surprise at that point it's it's clear as day Given the circumstances, he kills animals. He killed the bully. Why wouldn't he kill his dad? Why wouldn't he kill his sister? So, whatever. But anyways, I, moving, keep going. Well, I was going to add, there's two really big problems with that scene. One is that we spent all this time with Michael's family, who is just the shittiest of shitbags. And they're, with the exception of his mother, they're all bullies in their own right. So it feels redundant to go from a home filled with bullies who he lives with to two paper cutter bullies at his school. It's just like, this feels so unnecessary and redundant. And it's like, you can't even have like an interesting bully because anything you do is going to be upstaged by William Forsythe. It's like William Forsythe went up to Rob Zombie and he said, hey, for this role, do you want me to play a homophobe, a spousal abuser, or a violent redneck? And Rob Zombie is just like, Yes. And that's the angle he went. He they wrapped up everything horrible into this character, 
So these bullies just feel really redundant. But the, the second problem is even bigger. Why do we need this scene if he's just going to kill his family? I feel like that is perfectly sufficient. And the motive's already there. And he's already well-practiced on the gerbils. Right. And, oh, I, I hate mean, that line where they say, oh, t- tomorrow, honey, or something like that. It's like, oh, God. And but anyway. Well, I mean, that's the thing is, that's what I don't understand. And I know we're dealing with a psychopath, obviously a serial killer. But it's like, that's where you can't feel sorry for Michael. Because if that's what they were going for, which, I mean, it's yes and no. I, I mean, they kind of, they toy around with that. The whole movie is... There's times where you're like, oh, I feel bad for this kid, but then he does something completely awful, and you're like, okay, I don't feel bad for him. It's like, he, how can you feel bad for him being a, like being bullied or his family picking on him when he tortures animals? Like at that point, you're you're disqualified from sympathy. You are doing, yeah. you are killing innocent animals, and yet nobody, I mean, somebody picking on you or somebody bullying you or somebody treating you like garbage. It doesn't matter anymore because you are you yourself are worse than them by proxy because you are killing animals. <laughs> like, it's just torturing them. Yeah, right. So, yeah, I, that's why it's like I don't know what to feel in this. And that's I mean, that could be good. That could be bad. I, I understand that's part of the mystery that they're still tr- like they're trying to create a new mystery. But I don't know. It just the first hour of this movie. I just it is easily the hardest part for me to get into but continuing on hitting the things i have here as notes so he kills the spy kid and then we come later tonight he wanted to go trick-or-treating he doesn't get to go trick-or-treating we hear love hurts as we flash to his mom stripping which is great gotta make sure we get rob zombie's wife in there and then uh michael essentially duct tapes his passed out stepdad to the chair, kills him, then kills the boyfriend, Judith's boyfriend, and then kills Judith. He puts on Judith's boy- boyfriend's mask, which is the what we know as the Michael Myers mask. I don't understand why he puts that mask on. And there's also a very creepy part where when he puts the mask on, walks into the room, she has headphones on, and then he tickles her leg. And then, like, tries to work his way up towards her butt. I don't know if he was trying to trick her or if there's some, like, sexual nature going on. I have no clue what they were trying to play with here, but I don't even know what the hell, like, thoughts on any of those things because there's a lot there, but... No, I don't have any thoughts, believe it or not. I honestly... It just is what it is. I, I don't really have any analysis for those things. Yeah, it just it's overkill. Like he kills the dad, slices his throat. He kills the boyfriend by bashing his head in multiple times with a baseball bat. We've already seen him do the same thing to the bully. Like now it's just like I said, when I said losing its effectiveness and you mentioned redundancy, now that we're at these scenes it's like it's it's no longer shocking because you already showed us a brutal murder. You already showed us somebody begging for their life. You've already done this. So when he does it to these people, it's like it's it's no longer effective. It's just just more. But anyways. And then Michael says happy Halloween to little Lori, the baby, and doesn't kill her for some reason. 
which raises the question of is he killing everyone else because they're horrible people he hates them why does he kill the boyfriend was the boyfriend an asshole to him too uh was the rat an asshole to him yeah i know that's what i'm saying like why <laughs> why save the baby my only thought is because the baby didn't do anything to hurt him but what did the animals do so i, I just that's where it loses me why 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 does he spare the baby in all of this i don't know i don't know because in the original he doesn't kill the boyfriend he doesn't kill anybody else but his sister and that's what leads you to believe it he snapped or something like we don't know exactly what happened to him he just he just broke and here he kills everybody that hurt him or whatever but i don't know it's not even really worth talking about whatever um so we go to michael in the mental hospital or whatever and this is where loomis is you know we start getting one-on-one -on -one scenes with him in there he doesn't seem to recall either that or he's pretending that he doesn't remember what happened that night he even asks his mom you know is everybody okay at home or whatever is everything good at home which she i don't even know why she's visiting him I have to tell you, if I had a kid, I mean, you can pat, I could understand like the shitty stepdad or whatever. You could probably write that off and understand, okay, she's still going to love her kid. He just killed this horrible person that was horrible to her, horrible to her family. I get that. But he killed her baby girl or her, you know, her daughter. Like at that point, would you still visit your kid when he just butchered everybody in the house? Maybe. I mean, it, it, you need context. Like, it depends, you know, what was going on. And I mean, it depends. I mean, because there's obviously a longer history between him and Judith. Uh, I don't I don't know what else. Because even before all that happens, she very clearly is babying Michael and is, you know, sort of like, I don't even know what the word is. But she seems to kind of... I don't know, it, it seems pretty transparent. There's some sort of like, he's my little baby sort of thing going on. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm torn on that because I, I think in some scenarios, yes. It, it, like if they had mental illness, it's, it's complicated. But it, it, it feels brushed over though. And that I do agree with. I, it feels very much like they don't even address the fact that she's just, she's, she never really confronts it, in my opinion. Or maybe she does, but they don't, she does it off screen. I don't know. Because even if I if I did still visit my son, if I still love my son, I wouldn't see him or act the same way around him probably ever again. So that doesn't, she seems to have the same relationship, which is weird. And she also, I don't, it's just, okay, so the next major scene that we see is Loomis and Michael's mother, They they leave. Michael alone and the nurse comes in she looks at the picture of Michael and the baby she said oh she couldn't be related to you basically saying he's ugly which once again another crappy person in this movie somebody that's shitty to Michael uh so so original so unique at this point not redundant at so all so tired yeah it's just like let's just have a whole movie filled with crappy people okay and then uh Michael kills her and then Loomis and his mother come running in 
And this is where it's like his his mom comes and runs to him. She doesn't run to like the nurse, even though she's obviously, you know, dying. She runs to Michael and takes the mask off. Like, it's just kind of like, I don't know. Weird, weird to me, I guess. But so that's that. And that's kind of the final breaking point. He doesn't talk anymore for the 15 years or just all, at all for the movie. So no more discussion. This is where he goes into silent mode and we get our flash forward of 15 years. Um, in that time, his mother uh, committed suicide because I guess she didn't want to take care of that baby. I don't know. It's just, it. it's just, like I said, we, we got to do like all of these things. I don't understand what the, what like purpose that served for the movie, other than maybe that was part of Michael's breaking point finally. No idea. Yeah, I don't know why they couldn't edit the baby out. The, like if you take the baby crying out of that scene, the scene works. I don't know what the point of having the baby crying in the background. Because if you have the foresight to buy a gun to commit suicide, you'd have the fourth baby with a fucking sitter. I don't know. I just hated that. That was so frustrating. It's just like, like I said, just crappy characters. But whatever. Um, so I just put in my notes, seeing this much of Michael as a kid is meh. But that's just me. I, this isn't what I want. It's the same reason why I know they've talked about over the years of doing like a Friday the 13th where like a prequel where Jason's a kid and you have like this whole backstory with him as a kid and how he was always evil even when he was a kid and his dad knew it and yada 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 and it's like I don't want to see that. That's just no. Anyways. Well it has nothing to do with anything. Yes I don't want to see that. But I would like to see a movie where he crawls out of the lake and trains for so many years. To get that. I do want to see that movie, but yes. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. So uh, So then we get uh, Yeah, so then now we get grown up Michael, who apparently took a lot of steroids and ate his Wheaties. <laughs> because yeah, Michael man. becomes that dude ate his greens. No longer are, do we have which was part of the original, like part of the appeal of Michael as a character. No longer do we have the regular guy looking, you know, six foot dude. Now we got seven foot whatever Tyler Maine playing Michael, and he's a beast. Actually, he's a saber tooth <laughs> because of <laughs> X Men. Got it. All right, yeah. count that one and. Uh... <laughs> So, and then we get crappy guards. So guards treat Michael like shit. So once again, everybody's got to treat this character like crap because for whatever reason, you got to try and explain something. I don't know. Like apparently we're just supposed to be rooting for Michael to kill everybody. I know that's part of like a horror movie trope, especially with slashers, is you want to see a lot of the characters die because they're just awful or they're annoying or whatever. But it's like, this is just a town filled with people that are just absolutely crappy, I guess. So, so now we get to the, well, we do have one thing to note, I guess we do have Danny Trejo, who is super nice to Michael when he's a kid, super nice to Michael when he's an adult, he's seemingly takes, you know, he's trying to help Michael out as much as possible, you know, trying to be there for him, be a friend, whatever, so he's the one nice character, so to speak, to Michael in this entire movie, other than maybe his mother. Um, 
so yeah, we have that. Danny Trejo, I'm sure that goes well. So before we get to that, um, we have easily probably the worst scene in this entire movie. I'm assuming we have the same, we yeah, watched the same one just because <laughs> we both know it's coming. Because I know in the the non-this version, this must have been the unrated cut that we both watch. Because in the whatever other cut it is, I, I do know what's different is he's being transported out of his room or something like that. And that's when he, he escapes, whatever. But in this one, we have shitty guard and his friend decide to rape one of the, uh, the people in the, the mental hospital and they take her and just go into Michael's room, which stupid plan to begin with, but Hey, these are obviously complete shit bags. And then they we proceed to get a very graphic scene of rape, which is always fun to watch. A lot of sarcasm there. Don't take that seriously. I don't no, want to take that seriously. Very much sarcasm. True um, sarcasm. Yes. And so we just get this awful scene where it's it's not even awful because of what's happening. That's obviously that's clearly it's awful because of that, but it's because of how over the top it is. Like this. Once again, Rob Zombie, let's have this character not only raping this person, but let's have him act like a fucking wild clown while he, like the camera cuts and the weird editing to make him like laughing maniacally as he does it. And it's just, It's basically why? deliverance. And yeah, exactly. Why? Why would you put deliverance in a Michael Myers movie? It, yeah, it's they're just mocking, they're taunting Michael while they do it. They're putting the masks on that he has all over his room, which I did think was cool that he makes all these masks. But, yeah, I just, why? What is, what point does this serve? It's just trash. It's trash for trash. Like, why write this? I understand there's certain movies like I Spit on Your Grave or Last House, Last on, House the on the Left where there's rape and it's disturbing to watch, but at least it serves a purpose, right? So, and also, it's a revenge tale that empowers exactly. the female lead. Exactly, well, kind of. Last house of the, that's kind of shaking out last house of the left. But um, that's but yeah, I mean, so I mean, it's, yeah. right. That's what I mean by it serves a purpose because the one the victim in that is going to get redemption. They're they're going to get revenge, I should say, and they are going to make those that did them did that wrong them pay. Michael Myers is not a victim here. So, and then the person that gets raped is just we don't even know their name we We're don't know anything what yet. happens to her yeah so it's like michael could have killed her and probably did for all we know because if he killed danny trejo i'm almost positive he killed her too unless there was something where she reminded him of his mother but we're never told that we're never exactly so the point that like the fact that they had that could have easily not been in this film would have been a little bit more tolerable to watch there's really no reason to have it whatsoever other than to make these clearly shitty characters even more shitty hell they could have said their plan they could have brought the girl into the room and just taunt michael before anything happens and then have it you know and then have michael kill both of them before it even happens like the fact that they just have it happen and they just like throw it it's just trash it's just trash, in my opinion. It's not what I enjoy. It's just disgustingness just to be disgusting. I don't, like I said, I don't, clarify, I don't get it. You said this was not in a theatrical version. Did I understand that right? 
I don't think it was, but I could be wrong. I just know there's one version where they're just like they're moving Michael through the halls, and I think he escapes there. And then there's this I one. So wanted to have watched that version instead. Yeah, especially since this is probably shorter. You could have easily cut twenty minutes out of this movie, but. 20 but 30 anyway. easily but yeah yeah take the bully stuff take some other stuff but anyways okay so we get that moving on so michael kills them he kills some telephone lady he kills and then we get the then we get uh the nice the nice guard danny trejo and danny trejo yeah i mean he seems he's he's there to basically treat michael well he he treats him well as a kid and as an adult, but uh, yeah. So Michael just uh, kind of kills him in the most torturous fashion, at least from what we saw. In the sense that he, like the other guy, one of the the guards that was the in the whole rape scene was he he just grabbed him and just like shoved him up against a wall and bashed like the back of his head in, against the wall and. It, it seemed like that was it, but Danny Trejo, no, we get uh, him. He tries to put the handcuffs on Michael gently, and he's trying to talk him down. Just, you know, he just wants to help him. He just wants to get him back to his room so everything can be cool, which poor choice on his part. I sure as hell wouldn't do that, even if I was <laughs> seemingly <laughs> friends with Michael. I would just be like, see every blood splattered all over the walls, and I'm, I'm out of here because at the end of the day, he is a psychopath. He's a serial killer. He knows this, so... Anyways, he tries to talk him off the ledge, tries to kind of get him to calm down. Michael even extends his arms out like he's going to let him put the handcuffs on. But nope, he ends up essentially uh, drowning him multiple times and keeps pulling him up before he can die. And then when he's just like knocking on death's door and he's on the ground, barely able to breathe because he almost got drowned. He then grabs the TV off the whatever and just that's where we cut away but so yeah poor danny trejo <laughs> made a yeah very critical error in judgment it just kind of makes you ask what was the point of showing that rapport he had with michael and that protectiveness he had of him just to I, uh, show you that yeah. michael's horrible still surprise michael's not a nice guy it's one of those, like, everybody treats him like crap. So, you, once again, it's that weird thing where everybody picks on him and treats him like absolute dog crap. But then he kills animals, so you can't feel bad for him. Well, everybody feel you know, everybody treats him like crap. Everybody treats him like crap. Well, then he saves this woman from being, well, she was being raped, and he kills the rapist. But then we don't even, he probably killed her, too, and then he kills the guard the only one that was like super nice to him probably one of the nicest people he's ever had in his life it's like there's there it's like they toy that's what i said when like they toy with it they it's a roller coaster of do you feel bad for michael do you think he's sympathetic in any way and then every time you get like maybe an ounce of like eh, maybe and then it's just like he does something completely horrible which makes sense he's supposed to be a crappy you know a a horrible character he is a killer after all but like you said what's what's the point we didn't we don't need this this isn't nobody came to watch the movie to see a guard befriend michael only to be killed off i like the first half it just feels like pointless like i like the danny trejo character like 
I'm from South Texas, so I've befriended a lot of Hispanic janitors. So I like this guy. I know that. I feel like I know this guy, and he's he's dead. So all that buildup felt like it was for nothing. I I just um, that's the whole beginning of the movie. It's like, oh, look how sympathetic Michael is, and then he's like, never mind. So I just fucking I don't. It's confusing. It's like it doesn't know what it's trying to say or what it's trying to do. Uh, well, anyways, so he kills him, and then we Michael's escaped, and next thing we get is a truck driver, of course. Well, I guess usually we're used to oil mechanics and whatnot, but we get the truck driver, and he goes to the bathroom, and Michael busts in, kills him. That's Joe Grizzly, bitch. <laughs> I do like that character, by the way. Except yeah, for, you do. He was a lot of fun. I don't understand. Once again, why the porno mag with the explicit girl bent over showing her asshole? Like, why? Why is that necessary for this movie? Why did that need to be in that scene? Why? Like, I'm not like against nudity or sex scenes or anything, but it's just one of those things. What was that? Per- what purpose did that serve in that scene? <laughs> Nothing. I don't get it. It's just, once again, let's just be, you know, let's be extreme. Why not? And especially, like, after all the things I've seen up to this point, it's like, I'm so jaded. I have, That stuff has no effect on me anymore. But, I mean, what's it What's it doing? Like, it's it's nothing. It's just some dude. It's like, a, like you didn't, I don't know. It's just pointless. He could have been reading a it's newspaper. It's distracting at best. It's nothing else. else. Yeah. But, I wonder first times. It's nothing at best. It's distracting at worst. I agree. I don't. I don't like it either. It just, I wish it wasn't there. Like I said, I'm not like anti-porn or anything, but it's like the, the so many things in this movie are just like let's just be. You know, it's you have your like kind of potty humor, I guess, so to speak. Like the 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 low brow stuff. It's like let's just cram it all in there. Let's just cram all the low brow. Let's let's have rape. Let's have a shitty dad that's just talks about sex and just uses all this vulgar slang and language language and so on. Let's have him, the stepdad, hit on the daughter. Let's just have all this trash. Let's have Michael, like, do, like, a sexual advance on his sister before he kills her. Let's have the guy reading the porn, you know, reading the porno magazine in in the bathroom and talk about how, you know, much he's shitting. Like, it's just, it's just trash, like. Well, me, I kind of like the way he's describing his beast of a shit. I actually <laughs> <laughs> let me pass this beast in peace. <laughs> that was I good. Know, I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't mind that part. But everything else, yes, I agree. I think yes. it's the fact that it's just compounded at this point. It's just so much. It's just so well, much. Don't use the word compounded. <laughs> anyway. So, I mean, to be honest with you, it's, in, in art, I, I, I'm not the biggest fan of gratuitous nudity, porn, uh, sexuality, but in the context of art or an art form, I am tolerant or open to it. I think it can increase the artistic value of something. That is not what's going on here. Not at all. Well, I mean, this movie, this movie in general just feels like, let's be, let's, let's make the bloodiest Halloween. Let's make the one where he tortures people. Let's make the one where there's just blood splattered everywhere, you know, all the time. And he's just real, like just everything let's take everything to the 10th level to the 10th degree let's have more sex scenes more nudity more 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 shitty characters more this it's like everything is just dialed up to 11 
for no reason. That's not what people went to Halloween for, you know? It's like he just completely missed the mark on what the fans of this series want in that regard. And that As a musician, he should know that better than anyone because if you've ever worked with an amplifier or any sort of mixing table, you know that when you turn the volume up, the tone distorts. So... I don't even hate Rob Zombie. I don't even think this movie is like the worst thing ever. I mean, we're, we're covering the really bad stuff. There is thankfully good stuff on the horizon, but I feel like he should know better than to amp everything up. Maybe, I mean, maybe there's something else going on here, but I just don't understand it. I don't get it. Well, we move on and uh, he kills Joe Grizzly, takes his outfit. So now he's got the coveralls. He's got the boots. So only thing left, and let's get the knife, which is oddly kept underneath floorboards so that implies that young Michael <laughs> after he killed everyone in the house except for the baby he had the foresight to say one day I'm going to get out of wherever I'm going and I want this exact mask and exact knife again why? I, it's just he's made like a hundred masks in his cell or whatever in his room why not just keep with one of those i get for the the series you got to go with the the classic mask but i mean even in the old movies he always picks up a new one right he always goes and robs another halloween store and takes the newest version of it which is why it's always changing i use that in quotes because obviously it's just changing for different reasons but that's what they always did. They always explained how he got a new mask. And this one, it's like, let's just go get the one that's been hidden under the floorboards for 16 years or whatever. That was just odd to me, I guess. I, what kid's going to do that? Like, why? <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's not that I disagree. It's that th this actually was kind of tough. Because as a writer, I don't know how I would have gotten the mask back to Michael unless you bought a new one or robbed another convenience store. I don't know. I, I kind of sympathize here. <laughs> Go on, yeah. Well, I was just saying it's worked in the past. Just have him take <laughs> it from someone. He he got the coveralls and the in the boots in a typical way that he usually does by killing some dude that's wearing them. Why not just have him come by a store and it happens to have that mask? I don't know. I just or have someone at the mental hospital wear it for Halloween. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's so many other ways. I mean, it's a this is a nitpick thing. Like, I'm not like. It's not like the movie drops down a grade or anything because he hid the mask under the floorboards. I, I that's It's just a minor well, detail that I just don't understand. Well, we've established this rapport he has. I guess this one-sided rapport he has with Danny Trejo. Maybe as a gift for Halloween, Danny Trejo bought him a mask. And maybe and that's what get, sets I mean, him off. I don't know. Yeah, like there's just... There's other you ways. You have to write out boyfriend done. wearing it in the beginning, but that's easy. That's not hard. That's that's, that's you don't even have to change the script. You can edit that out in post. But yeah. By the way, he looks super goofy with that mask on when he was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he's stalking Lori down, or not Lori, uh, Judith down the hall, like, and you have the full shot from a distance. This just looked hilarious. Just a big head. It's a big mask. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyways, so we do get. Before that, we do get introduced to Lori and the Strodes. And I do like hearing Mr. Sandman. That was a nice surprise. I didn't think it was used in this movie. We got an H2O. We got in the Halloween 2. 
And then when I heard it in this movie, it was it must have been a different version, must have been a cover. But either way, hearing that song made me just think, man, I wish I was watching a different Halloween movie. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, I didn't feel that way. I didn't want to watch H two or Halloween two again, so I didn't feel that way at all. <laughs> well, either way, um, so. Yeah, then we get introduced to the Strodes, and while they're a lot nicer, obviously, Lori, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about Lori because she's screwing in a bagel with her finger right away and talking all this sexual talk, and I don't know. This just isn't... It's not my Lori. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. But uh, yeah, we get introduced to them. Your thoughts on your initial impressions on them? Lori goes up and down. I it, it, God, I'm gonna say this a lot. The performance is fine, but um, the character as written goes up and down because I, I really do like how she interacts with the kids a lot. I thought that was very well done. Um, but sometimes she's just annoying. Um, when she's with her friends, again, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, yeah, they over-sexualize the teenagers a lot in this movie. Uh, but it, is it bad? It's just a... Uh... I mean, if you know someone like this, and I'm sure you do, it, it's just like that person you know at work who is like this. And sometimes it's grating. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's charming. Other times it's like, please stop talking. You know, that's kind of how I feel about this character. Gotcha. All right, well, we get uh, Michael. This is where he grabs his mask. I jumped ahead a little bit on that, but this is where he goes and retrieves his mask from the house. And I do got to admit, complaint or just nitpick aside of him hiding under the floorboard, I do like the way the mask looks in this movie with the weathered, you know, it looks older, it looks dirtier. It's got the, you know, the it's just cool looking, in my opinion. So I do give credit to that. And, uh... Yeah, and now we're at about the hour mark here. It's around this point where we get to the hour mark, so we're halfway through this film because it's about two hours. And I just noted down, man, that hour took forever. Like, I know we've mentioned in previous movies, and most of them were an hour and a half, and I was just, I've always noted, man, that movie just flew by. Like, it just, the pacing, I felt like the movie went really well. Like, it just kept moving and moving and moving. This one... Getting through that first hour, I felt like was two hours. I don't know how you felt at this point in the movie halfway through, but to me, man, that that just took a long time. Let's just say I took a lot of breaks. (laughs) Uh, So then we're introduced to Annie, and it's a cool note here. She's played by Danielle Harris, grown up. Would have never known that had I not paused it and Amazon had not told me (laughs) Danielle Harris has as Annie would have never fucking guessed that was her. I mean, she looks similar in the face, but, uh, and she's still like short, but yeah, Danielle Harris playing Annie who Danielle Harris, in case you did not know, was Jamie in Halloween four and Halloween five. She was, I remember in the docu documentaries I was watching, she was very disgruntled as we talked about in Halloween six, that she didn't get to continue that role. And, this was kind of a nice, you know, return to the franchise. Now she's playing Annie this time around, and it was cool for her. She, as an actress, was very stoked to be able to, once again, come back to the franchise in a new role. And, uh, yeah, so cool for her. And I, I that is cool for her. Could have been a better movie, but, <laughs> you know, get what you get. Yeah. I, I think 
that is one thing that I think would be awesome in the the new Halloween that's upcoming is have her play some cameo or role in that. That would be a nice nod, especially since they're essentially retconning all of that out. Um, give her a role because she's been... I mean, she's been in more movies than Laurie Strode at that point, except for, well, Laurie's in 1, 2, H2O, and Resurrection 4. So I guess it would be... Yeah, it'd be similar. So it'd be cool either way. She could play Mrs. Strode, yeah. Give her, yeah, give her a part. That'd be cool, even if it's minor. I think. Wait, she... no, no, that doesn't work at all. What am I saying? I'm thinking, no, um, this that's right. This one's actually canon. So yeah. no, I don't know what they would do with her, honestly. I mean, like I said, she could play a minor role. She doesn't have to be related to the Strode. She doesn't have to be a prominent character or anything like that. I think the actress would appreciate that, but. Maybe she's, you know, she probably enjoyed her time on the Rob Zombie films. I don't think she's, she's probably not as jaded by them as the fans are. But either way, cool to see her return is what I noted there. And then uh, I think Linda, Linda is the other friend. I, I made, yes. okay, Linda, uh, I did note that her totally's made a return. <laughs> he said totally a lot. I didn't notice it. I'll be honest with you. I, I don't remember the totally's. Yep, she says. I, that, I didn't really catch him in the first movie either, to be honest with you, though. So I don't know. Maybe that's block I have. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, she says it like four or five times, which is a nice little nod. And there's a few nods to the original. And and honestly, this back half obviously takes a lot of inspiration, even doing some of the same scenes as the original. Which honestly, the first half and the second half feel like a completely different film. But we'll kind of talk about that when we wrap this up. But this is more of a traditional Halloween at this point. We're kind of where the original one started. And uh, we see Lori, you know, going around with her friends, Annie and Linda. They're talking as they're walking along the streets. Michael is already starting to stalk them because he saw Lori earlier come up to his house, just like in the original, while she was walking with Tommy and dropping something off. Um, and this is where I noted that some of the shots with Michael in the background are very cool and well done. I've talked about that in the past where you don't, you don't, uh, announce that he's there, even though they do that several times throughout this film, they, they blatantly show you that he's there, but they do, they do a few of those shots where he's just in the background and you get some cool angles and cool setups. And then, uh, then we get, uh, we get, like I said, a lot of scenes are repeated from the original, just slightly modified, where we have the gravekeeper and Loomis visit the grave of Judith. And, hey, dead dog posted up like a scarecrow on the grave. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on from that, we get, uh, I did note down how many guys in this movie have long hair. I just, <laughs> like, I noticed so many of them have long hair. And I just, a lot of Rob Zombie's characters, I can't help but feel like he likes to just make them look exactly like him <laughs> or try to <laughs> resemble him in some fashion. And then uh, I did notice, uh, I, we're jumping ahead now, so this is where Michael's already going on the killing spree. We see him kill Linda in the same fashion, and, well, she wasn't on the phone, but he kills Linda, pulls the prank on her, just like he did in the last, or in the original, where he has the bed sheet over himself and the glasses, Paul's stuff or whatever. I don't remember his name. Doesn't matter. And then he, uh, he, suppose, like, he kills the guy that was on top of Annie when they're doing their sex scene, and then 
He brutalizes Annie, but she she's not dead. Lori finds her, and when Lori goes to call the police, I did like the scene where Annie's laying on the floor, and when Lori goes to call the police, Annie's calling out to her because the door that was open, it like creaks back closed and michael is behind it i thought that was a really cool scene very effective um yeah and then just for the rest of this like i said it pretty much hits the same beats as the original um michael attacks Lori. they do a whole chase there runs across the street so on and so forth when michael finally captures Lori, he actually takes her away and does not kill her and when he has her alone, he takes off his mask and shows her the picture of them when they were younger, when she was just a baby. She does not know that that's her because she was adopted. Has no idea any of this went on, that that was her. And uh, yeah, so I thought that was interesting that Michael doesn't want to kill her. Like he, we don't know what he wants from her really, other than the fact that he doesn't seem to harm her when he gets her one-on-one -on -one like that, so... I don't know what to think of that either. Even by the end of the movie, I was like, okay, what, what, what was going on there? Yeah, it's hard to tell what his plan was. I don't... Was he... Was he just trying to get her alone and then be like, hey, you're my last family, you're innocent, whatever? Like, I don't know what the plan was there. I mean, he clearly didn't think he was going to get away with it and then live happily ever after with his baby sister. It doesn't make any sense, so... Not really sure what the overall goal was there, but uh, Michael, she gets away. Michael's trying to find her. Now he's being a lot more violent because she lashes out and clearly doesn't want anything to do with him. Now he's stalking her. Uh, she falls into a pool. Loomis saves her by shooting Michael. They get in the car. They repeat the line from the original. Was that the boogeyman? Except for they actually say it correctly this time in the original I think Jamie Lee Curtis just says, was the boogeyman? <laughs> says, as a matter of fact, I believe it was. So I think there's just a line issue there. Um, you know, okay, so I'm not crazy then. Because I, I saw that scene multiple times in preparation for this interview. Yeah. I think I even did a little rewind digitally. Did and you say interview? Line... <laughs> I'm no, interviewing interview. you, sir. No, uh, review, review, okay. review. <laughs> yeah, um, I might have said interview. I don't know, but... um. Jamie Lee Curtis botched that line bad, and they really should have redone it. Okay, yeah, so I'm not. It could have been either. editing, though. We don't know, but either way, yeah, it was clearly wrong. I don't, I, I don't know what the hell happened there, but yeah, they get it right this time. And this is a cool scene. So you get that cool line. You think everything's over, or presumably that's what they want you to think. And then all of a sudden, right after that line delivery, Michael busts through the car window, pulls Jamie out. Or Jamie, Jesus. <laughs> Loria, I'm, I'm thinking a whole different movie now. Um, pulls Lori out, and Loomis talks him down to take him instead. So Michael grabs Loomis, crushes his skull a bit. Um, he's still alive, but he's dragging him, and he's clearly not in a good shape there, not in a good way. Lori, I, I do like this whole climax of Lori trying to hide from Michael and him chasing her. This is a good 10, 15, whatever. Felt like a long time. But I thought that whole scene was done well, the climax there. And then she gets Loomis's gun. Michael tackles her off of the balcony. And then 
we see kind of like a groggy scene there at the end where she's trying to shoot Michael in the head. She's like mounted over him. She's trying to shoot him right in the face because he's knocked out. And then it's clicking because it's a revolver or whatever type of gun that is. And it's clicking, 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 trying to find an actual one of the bullets. And then we finally see that it it goes off right as Michael grabs her. And that's where we leave off with flashbacks. So, yeah, that's a film. <sighs> um, I'm thinking you're going to be way more uh, positive on this one than I am. I'll, I'll Yeah, probably. Say, I'll say what I have to say then, just so we can get the negative out of the way. The first half of this movie, honestly, I think is garbage. I don't like I don't like Michael as a kid. Don't like the way they portray him. Don't like the family. Don't like a lot of the choices they make. Uh, it's just seems like an hour wasted. I would have much rather just started off with adult Michael. And I get it because we've already had that film. There's really no reason to remake it, which then gets to my complaint on the second half of the film is it really just follows the exact same beats as the original Halloween. So then it's like, what was the point of this movie? We had half a film that was Rob Zombie's vision of Halloween. Then we had the second half, which was much more faithful to the original. So it's like I just sat through an hour of Halloween prequel, Rob Zombie style, only to then watch an hour of in a modern take of Halloween through Rob Zombie's vision, but a little bit more faithful to John Carpenter's Halloween I don't know. It just does not. There are some good moments. I do like. I do like when Sheriff Brackett finds Annie. The emotion on Brad Dourif. The voice of Chucky. Uh, he's great in this movie. Um, and even Loomis. Forget what that actor's name. The guy from A Clockwork Malcolm Orange. McDowell. Malcolm McDowell. Yep. He's, he's good as Loomis. Um, though they... Uh, I don't know. I just, I just don't know. I don't. I'll let you jump in here while I collect any other thoughts I want to mention here. But well, I just Loomis is a good turning point. Um, well, let's be clear. This movie's bad, <laughs> but um, there's a lot of performances I really liked, and I really liked Malcolm McDowell's interpretation of Loomis. This is very much Halloween for Loomis. Uh, this is not the crazy waving guns at trick-or-treaters Loomis. He's much more um, together. So I, I like his performance a lot. They kind of leave it to whether he's an honest psychologist who wanted to help Michael or if he's a scoundrel who is trying to capitalize or both or some mix of the two. Um, I, I tend to interpret the character as sincere and that he wasn't a douchebag. Because um, they want you to hate Loomis because he wrote a novel based on the Michael Myers catastrophe. Um, <laughs> and, and made him a case study and capitalized on that. But Loomis gave seven years of his life to that kid and got nothing back for it. Like, I think he did the right thing. You give seven years of your life to something, was it only and Michael seven? doesn't say shit? What's I thought up? it was 15 that he was with him. Oh, that's right, because his divorce was seven years, I it think. It was like 15 or 16, yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah, that's twice as long as my first marriage. I love that line. Oh, that was, oh, that was a good line. His delivery was fantastic, just like uh, Donald Pleasance's was. So, um, 
Yeah, I really like the character. I loved Loomis in this movie. I, I bought into the character. I agreed with the whole novel, novel novelization, but just the the cashing in on the situation, I think that was the right thing to do. 15 years of your life. Like, just the emotional distress, you make that dollar. So Can't wait till we get to the next one. Then. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I haven't seen that movie, but I've been told that actually all the criticisms I've heard of the second one makes so much sense now because there's so many things you told me and other people told me that i was like why would rob zombie do that and i watched this movie i'm like it all makes sense i know exactly why he did that now um so yeah it's just uh i really i i really adored the loomis character in this movie uh all the things i like about loomis with a uh, sort of Malcolm McDowell twist. I really enjoyed Loomis in this movie. He, he saved the movie for me in retrospect. And, and I just I just want to give credit to Rob Zombie because I know we say a lot of shit, but if I do that, I feel like I have to give him points where it's deserved. I think he's really good at pulling a good performance out of actors. I, I really believe his actors like him and that's why they keep coming back for his films. I'm, I'm fairly convinced of that. Um, he probably has a good relationship with him. He's probably a fun guy to hang around with, and he's probably super nice to everybody. Because um, he, he did set design even before he did White Zombie. So I, I, I'm sure he, he knows how to be professional and just easy to work with in that industry. So I think he does get really good performances. I mean, Brad Dorff, I think, was also really good. Not, not a lot of screen time, but when he was on screen, Brad was Dorffing hard. Like, that was the most Brad Dorff. I mean, he's such a quirky guy in all his roles from Lord of the Rings all the way to Chucky. Man, he was really playing that Midwestern fucking, like, nasally sheriff. And he did a great job. I loved it. I loved every bit of it. Um, and uh, Lori was fine. I mean, I, like I said, ups and downs. But that's not really the actress's fault. That's more of just uh, she was playing what the character was written to be, which was a semi-annoying teenager. But I liked the Tommy stuff a lot. I think she was a fantastic babysitter and really captured that well. Now, the bad. This movie is so gross and ugly and unpleasant. I wanted to turn it off so many times. It, it took forever to get to that, that hour, five-minute mark I thought was never going to come. Like, ah. Uh, that, that is by far the weakest part of the movie is just all the unpleasant, horrible stuff I had to watch it's, in the beginning. It's essentially Shawshank Redemption. You have to climb through three football fields worth of shit yeah. just to get freedom of an hour of an okay movie at that point. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I also, again, the nudity was really unnecessary and gross. Like... I really don't like that Danielle Harris had to have her own sex scene. I feel like that was redundant. We just did that with Linda. And just, you know, when they're when the camera's like zooming in on the blood and the nudity, I'm like, that they really held on to that shot for a long time too. I'm like, this just makes me uncomfortable. Well you know You know, I used to feel that way, especially because this is Jamie. This is whenever you think of like a little girl that you really liked in one movie. And then you see her as an adult and then it's like a nude scene or a sex scene. It's always weird to me. Like that just shouldn't happen in my opinion. Yeah. It's just kind of like, it's just awkward. Um, but what's changed my mind a little bit is seeing Danielle in interviews, like the documentaries of the Halloween series, the way she talks, 
I feel like she's the type of person that's into that. Like, I 100% think that she was all for doing those types of scenes. She's, she, I mean, just in her normal talking when she's on these documentaries, she curses a lot. She has definitely a... And she does a lot of horror movies. So I think that's just something she's into and just kind of piecing that together. Not that this means anything, but I just think she's more of that type of adult person. She's very free spirit do, you know, she lives her life. And I don't think she's the type of person where she's like, oh, I'm goody goody. I think this is, you know, I would never do that. Like, I definitely think if Rob Zombie didn't like write it into the script and said, you're doing, I don't think it was like that. I think, I don't think it was. I either. absolutely think she either volunteered for it or she was completely on board for it. But either way, definitely don't think it needed to be in there, but knowing that she's probably all for it least like calms a little bit of my distaste for it, I guess, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, the way you describe her, I haven't seen her in interviews, but the way you talk about her reminds me of a lot of uh, Felissa Rose from Sleepaway Camp and how sure. much she celebrates that franchise. And she, she talks in, in, in very much in that same way. But it could have been any actress. I mean, it, 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 pick your, your favorite teen actress, and it had been, if it had been that, she, well, I shouldn't say teen actress. I, I, she definitely should not have been a teen at this point, 2007, I think. So, um. Yeah, I mean, anyone in that role, just that much blood and tits, I just, it makes me feel awkward. And I think the Daniel Harris effect, or the Danielle Harris effect, definitely kind of compounded that. So, um, what else did I not like? There, there's a few things here. Just, uh, well, let me say two more good things. One, Sherry Moon was a lot better than I thought she would be. Um, I wasn't expecting a lot, because my experience with her was from, I believe it was the same girl from Devil's Rejects. I, I didn't double check that, but I'm almost positive she's in Devil's Rejects. And it's the actress. I mean, it's, it's his wife. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's, she's, I'm pretty sure she's in like all of his movies. I'm doing a very, very quick Google search just to make absolutely sure. But yeah, it's, 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 it's her. It's Sherry Moon. She did a good job. She did a very good job. Um, yeah, I mean, she's not bad in here. She's, she's okay. Well, I'm always impressed when someone who doesn't have an, a real acting pedigree can pull off that kind of performance. It's, it's hard not to be impressed because her debut was in a, you know, uh, the house of a thousand corpses before that she basically just did music. Um, so yeah, I, I, this was like her fifth movie, fourth movie. I, I definitely give her props to that. I think she did a very good job considering. And even with that aside, if you had not told me that was his wife or I had not seen the devil's rejects, I would have thought she was just a good actress who gave a good performance. So props to her. Um, I, I definitely appreciate that. I also, and I think this is where we're going to disagree the most, but I actually really liked that they made Michael Myers a huge bastard. I thought that was a very interesting twist on the character. Um, what? Like, he's just huge. He's just a huge dude. <laughs> oh, you're actually, I, 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 you're talking about his size. I thought you yeah. meant like, oh, I just, they made him a huge <laughs> asshole. Person. Like, just a huge <laughs> piece of crap i like that he was just an awful person i thought that's what you meant no no i, I just like the fact that he's big like it's just he's no. just a big dude yeah. i think that's a very interesting physical twist on the character you know it just i mean i see where you're coming from but my i don't really have a pro my, i don't have an argument to defend it i just it's just no, a I, gut. I think we yeah. we definitely like 
I mean, throughout this entire series where we've reviewed these, we definitely like two different things about the character. We, I, I'm very much in love with the, uh, the shots, like the way he, his modus operandi or whatever they call it, um, where he talks and you see him in the background, just how he's portrayed, how he's shot, that type of stuff. The, the look is very important to me, getting the mask right and all of that. All of those, the, like the devil is in the details to me and how they present them. So I'm all about that stuff. And I definitely like the mystery. I don't want to know too much of why he's doing it or have it be too like specific goal oriented. Like I like just the, you know, he's just a guy goes around killing. Don't think too much about it. You don't know exactly what's going on. And I like him to be a normal guy. Cause when I think of Halloween, I think of it happens in a normal neighborhood can happen to anybody that's the creepy factor is like this isn't some it's not the texas chainsaw massacre this didn't or you know uh friday the 13th this didn't happen just in the middle of nowhere somewhere it's not you know when you're completely in a remote location this is just every everyday neighborhood anybody this could happen to anybody and when you make him seven foot three or whatever then it's like oh well now he's just this beast of a man like to me I like a normal stature, like around six feet and make him just a normal, a normal dude, you know, like that's. I mean, you can still be I a normal know. big dude. I mean, you can be big and. That's not normal though. <laughs> like your I'm normal dude is not a <laughs> seven foot five. It's like making Michael Myers three foot eight. You know, it just doesn't, that doesn't work. That then you're. <laughs> watch that fucking movie well i mean it's like when he's a kid that's what it is it's like that's just not that's not michael myers it's it's he he's just a normal guy like your average i guess is what i meant not normal everybody's normal in a way or special or whatever the hell you want to call it it's that he's just this average guy there's nothing special about him that's supposed to be what it is he's just this average dude and he is the way he is i don't know it's just a it's just a once again it's not like it's not like i didn't enjoy him in this movie i did there are parts about him that i like the look of him it's just i don't need this hulking giant i don't know to me that's just it's just not i I like both extremes like i would like a five foot two michael myers as well (laughs) you really interesting um I, i don't know like uh just um yeah, I, I like that mix-up. And, and to be clear, it's not that I don't like the same thing as you do, but I'm definitely all about what's lurking beneath this, the lake surface. I'm all about that, too. It's like what kind of dark, swampy, horrifying thing is underneath the water surface. I like that a lot about the first ones. You don't know what you're dealing with. Uh, and, you know, it, God knows what happens when you, you know, put your hand in those waters. Sure. Uh, that's the mystery, but... Yeah. You just can't do that for more than two movies. You can't even really do more than one movie. That that's kind of why I got so hung up on the, you know, why does he get shot two hundred times in the eyes? And he's still just a, a chilled. I don't, I don't know anything don't... about getting shot two times in the eyes, but I do know in the first movie, Doctor Loomis does shoot him six times. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Yes, I many I, times. I miss six Donald times. Pleasance. <laughs> I gotta say that. Yeah, I do too. We don't get any more Donald Pleasance at this point. Yeah, I've been meaning to see one of his other movies. I think it's called Phenomenon with uh, Jennifer Connelly. But uh, I don't know. My my Argento uh, 
marathon, I guess, is still ongoing. So I don't know. Um, I feel like there's one more big thing I'm leaving out, but uh, I mean, I just for people are gonna think I like this movie, and I there are things I do like about it, but I just can't stress how difficult and unnecessary the beginning was, and just how long this movie was. This movie didn't need to be two hours and five minutes. It really didn't. And this might have had additional scenes. I'm not sure. I don't know what the the theatrical cut length was, but I I mean I. I do like the alternate ending. I guess there is worth discussion there. The alternate ending that we didn't get to see rather than having Laurie shoot him in the face. God. Okay, I did say Laurie. <laughs> I thought I said Jamie again. <laughs> Laurie <laughs> shoot him in the face. And that whole, the way that went down. I think there was an alternate scene where he uh, he he's holding on to Laurie and Loomis and the police actually talk him down and then he like as he goes to join them he makes like some movement or something like that and then they the police just unload on him i thought it was kind of a cool concept that they're actually able to talk him down and and reach him potentially but you don't know and then when he makes like one bad movement the police take him down i thought that's kind of interesting but uh it just gives a different layer to the character i guess but anyways um I'm trying to think of anything else I want to add here other than uh, I just it's not all bad like I said once you get to the back half of the movie I don't mind so much there are good parts and I think the problem I have with those good parts though is that I just a lot of them are the same as the original Halloween just modernized and I don't know if I can really give it credit for that because that's not something they created they didn't create Michael underneath the sheet doing that fun trick that he does they didn't they just i don't know it's just i I can't get past like when i'm giving my score to this movie which we're about to get to i cannot look past that first half i cannot look past all the crappy characters throughout this entire film the nonsense the disgustingness like i can't let him get away with that because you can say what you want about halloween 2 all whatever it's like it doesn't it doesn't go to this extreme with so much i don't know it's like how when you compare the pros and the cons i don't feel like the pros not only are there i don't feel like there's more pros than cons i definitely think there's more cons but i think on top of that, the cons of this movie are much heavier than the pros, just in general. Like, the worst is far, far out, like, weighs the best, in my opinion, in terms of my takeaway from this movie. Just, I, even that first 10 minutes is just disgusting. The rape scene is just absolutely disgusting. And nothing else they do in this film takes that away. Nothing. Nothing completely, like, sweeps that stuff under the rug. Like, oh, I can forgive that horrible, horrible stuff because the rest of the movie was just so damn good and blew me away. That didn't happen. It's, they did all this horrible stuff in the first half, the first hour, and then the second hour, they started the movie where it should have started to begin with, in my opinion. And that's just what I'm left with. And if they wanted to add on to Halloween and rob zombie to add his own stuff to it 
you know, splice in some flashbacks to when he was a kid throughout the movie. I don't know. There's a different approach than giving us an hour of young Michael and then an hour of what we actually came to see, in my opinion, for me anyways. I did not want to spend an hour on his childhood, seeing him kill a bully, having him kill all these animals, seeing his trashy family. That is not what I want from Halloween. I want, like, we don't even get introduced to Lori until an hour in. I don't know. But there are good points. I do agree with you on the sheriff. Brad Dourif's great. Uh... Dr. Loomis is decent. I, I prefer Donald Pleasance personally, but I do I, I do think he's good. Malcolm McDowell is good. He's a he doesn't quite fill the shoes, but I think he fills those shoes as best as one could, in my opinion. Like I don't think to me anyways, because Dr. Loomis or Donald Pleasance as Loomis in throughout the series was that shining star. I don't think Malcolm McDowell reaches that level but i don't think i can't imagine anybody else getting as close as he does so kudos to him on that i i do like that daniel harris at least made it into the movie that's cool as annie and yeah that's that's really all the positives i thought well is when he's an adult i do like some of those shots of him i do think he looks cool in the film but that's that. I mean, I can praise it for a lot of the same things that the original did, but what's the point? It's what the original did. So, yep. So on that yeah. note, I mean, no, if you have anything left to add, uh, otherwise we can score it. Uh, the last thing I was going to add is just, uh, well, first of all, I do like uh, Tyler's movement a lot. I think his movement was super good in this movie, yeah. just in addition to being super tall. Um, I agree but with I, I think Rob Zombie had like half of a uh, half of the right idea. Like, I did want something different if I had to watch this movie. We to, I, I, I think different angles are the way to go. I mean, because you're right, don't remake the first one shot for shot. Um, it's cool problem to have, is though, yeah, just to jump in, it's cool to have a couple nods. Like, if they just did the blanket scene or whatever, I get it, you know, you got to have some of it, but I mean. Down to like Lori walking up to the Myers house when she's with Tommy originally, the the blanket scene, the Loomis and Lori interaction isn't quite the same, but it hits along the same beats, and it's just like, eh. I mean, you you get you get a lot of those same things, and it's like I I don't know. I feel like it could have taken a little bit less beat for beat, or maybe like I said, if you just took. If you condense that first hour of the film into 20 minutes, do flashbacks, however you want to do it. If you want to explain his childhood, I get it, but we don't need an hour of it. Spend 20 minutes or so on that and then flesh out a little bit more of the, you know, adult Michael. I don't know. That's just where I'm coming from, but go on. Well, I mean, it's going back to what I said earlier about Friday the 13th, you know, I would if they're gonna make a new movie, I'd be all for something crazy different. Like, like I said, you know, Jason crawls out of the lake almost dead. You know, crazy Ralph takes him in as his apprentice, teaches him how to throw a knife, and then they disagree, and Jason goes his own way, and his mother kills him. I, 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 I think that would be interesting. I'd love to see that movie. And they did little. There's glimpses of that here, then they kind of abandon it, and when they do do it, it's. 
so ugly and repulsive and awful. I, I know at least one of our listeners is going to be like, well, Temp, it's the fucking horror genre. I'm sorry that you don't like it when bad things happen in the horror movie you're watching. Listen, motherfucker. The Thing, Juwan, uh, just The Exorcist. Like, there's no gratuitous redneck, like, spousal abuse, child abuse. You don't need that shit. That is its own genre, in my opinion. I don't need a 45-second rape scene, double rape scene. Like, Well, none of that's, that's Halloween. None of that. None of it, yeah. None of that has been in this franchise. Unless I, so unless I miss something along the way, there was no rape. I mean, it's implied that... You know, Michael and Jamie, the whole thing in Halloween 6, which was just a garbage anyways. But it's not like they show you that stuff. Like, this is not... Hol- that's not what people think of with Halloween. Like I said, the the trash and the just disgustingness throughout this entire film. None of those movies did that. Like like I said, it's like he... It, Rob Zombie or and whoever else was involved in the creative aspects of this just wanted to go as extreme as possible and it's like that's not what halloween's built on like if you're making a new hostile movie or you're making a new uh i spit on you know spit on the grave or whatever i get it those movies are saw it's like those movies are extreme there's there's an audience for that that is not halloween that's not what this was about it's like (laughs) you couldn't have missed it further like halloween I mean, the original, which still remains the best Halloween, had very little blood, very little, like, torture aspect to it. It was pretty straightforward, and it was all about suspense. All about suspense. That's that's mainly what's trying, you know, the tension and suspense throughout the movie. That's what John Carpenter's great at. It's like, that's what fans gravitate towards the most, so do that. But... That's not what Rob Zombie's for. They didn't hire Rob Zombie to do that. Rob Zombie wants to do Rob Zombie. And that's what we get, is this is Rob Zombie's Halloween. And it's written all over it. Like, there's no way you couldn't tell that this is a Rob Zombie film. From the actors he chooses to use in all of his movies, from his wife to the the Gravekeeper, who's that weird clown guy in the Devil's Rejects. Oh, shit, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I I didn't recognize him. He reuses these dudes, um, which is fine. But I mean, and then the the trailer park trashiness, which is in all of his movies, all the grunginess, you know, the, everybody looks like they haven't taken a bath in like fucking three weeks or a shower. Um, that's just, that's his style. And that's not Halloween though. And that's, that's my biggest problem with this is I want, if Rob Zombie's involved, great, that's fine. It's not that he's not talented as a, like some of the shots are great. It's just, He's making his version of Halloween, which obviously that's what I should expect from him. But I, it's just not for me, I guess. So, whatever. Well, I even need to defend uh, Curse of Michael Myers for a second here. And because it, it, not defend it from you, but defend it from the comparison. The fact is, as horrible as that scene was written, as awful as the idea was, at least there was a dramatic context with a dramatic payoff. So when he... When they do flashback to the to the rape scene, it's filmed in a way where Michael Myers is reluctant and he doesn't really want to do it. It's implied, but it's there. And then when the, the cult leader tells him to sacrifice the baby and he refuses to do it, 
that's your dramatic payoff. So is it a horrible idea? Yes, but it's yeah. not just this wanton, ugly, redneck, just hedonistic rape fest. Th- that's right. not what that was, as no, bad as it was. Yeah. It's different, and as we talked about earlier, the one in this film serves no purpose. No purpose whatsoever other than to be, let's be grotesque. Let's, let's be disgusting. Let's make these characters that are shocking. And like I said, yeah. it's it goes above and beyond. It's not just rape. It's just a shit show of rape. It's disgusting. It's trying, ugh. Like, I don't even, I'm just done with it. Like, knowing that's in this film, knowing all of the other things that are in this film... I would be happy to never watch this ever again. <laughs> and and that's the yeah. thing is I don't, I can't say maybe you, I'm sure you, you're not wanting to watch Halloween two ever again, but yeah, to me, probably five. I don't think I'd want to see five again. I'd be okay with seeing five again, but I'm not going to go out of my way to me. I would gladly watch any of the other films, even Halloween six. I would watch any of them again before I watch this one, because none of them have anything that remotely close comes to, just the filth in this movie i just ugh. like like i said if i if i wasn't watching this for a review and i've done this like i said i i watched this with my wife i tried to a few years back and i turned it off about six or seven minutes in after the family scene because i was just like no this is this is I'll, this is not what i want to watch when i watch halloween if i want to see this i'll go watch house of a thousand corpses or one of rob zombie's other movies because they're all the same in that regard so whatever uh time to go to the scores so go ahead you can go first on this one i think i went first last time d plus um not only will i never watch this movie again but i can't watch this movie again at least not with that rave scene if there's a version without the rave scene i would consider watching it with a friend who really wants to see it and they want me to be there i'd consider it um but that rape scene that family scene all the ugly horrible stuff I think for me to properly enjoy this movie again, I'd be fine just watching a compilation of Malcolm McDowell scenes. That That's sufficient. I don't need to rewatch the movie. Um, I think Rob Zombie is very talented in a lot of capacities. And I think the dude has a good movie inside him. I just think everyone, every movie he's tried to make to date that I've seen is just the wrong angle. I think a really good film. But he has a talent, but... This is his vision. I mean, that's really what this all comes down to. I hate this movie because I have an artistic disagreement with Rob Zombie. I don't like the method he took, but it's well shot. It's well put together. As long as, as much as this movie didn't need to be two hours, it's well structured enough. But I, I would never watch this again, no. D plus is honestly mostly because of Malcolm McDowell. I would have given it a look. And okay, that's another thing I should probably say. I wasn't per se bored during this movie. I think that was really what kind of kind of took me out in part two, which is I was just so bored. I can't really say I was bored in this, during this movie. That's kind of what saved Curse of Michael Myers, too, was just the, you know, Paul Rudd being super serious with a baby in his hands. Like, that was fun. Um, I, 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 I D-plus, though, it could have easily been a B-minus if they just changed, like, 20% of the movie. There's decent ideas here. And I'm, I'm, I know a lot of our listeners are expe- were expecting me to slam this. And, and parts of it I did, but I don't, I'm not going to lie to anybody. I'm always going to give you a real score. So D plus. All right. Um, for all the reasons that I've said, um, 
Yeah, so for me it's a F plus and easily the lowest rated I've rated any of these so far for good reason. None of the other films have anything. The other films at their worst are just either bad choices or boring or just cliche. You know, they're just meh, in my opinion, at their worst. Whereas this one's just straight offensive. And like I said, this is the only one that I wouldn't feel comfortable watching. There's no point in it. And I could not be happier that they're making another one the right way, supposedly, just so that it does not end on this pile of garbage. But uh, yeah, so F plus for me. And uh, the plus is only because there are some good aspects and there are some good redeeming characters. Otherwise, I would have given it the lowest possible you could. But F+, plus, just because there are a couple diamonds in the rough, I guess. Diamonds Something is definitely... Something really weird. resonated with me, though. I feel like this franchise so many times has been, we can't end on this note. <laughs> we got to make a Halloween 4. Or we can't end on this note. We got to make uh, H2O. H2O. Or we can't end on this note. Rob Zombie, do your thing. My <laughs> God. So we're on, we're on the next this note, and I'm really hoping it's good. And it, so far, it's looking promising. But man, we've done this waltz back and forth so many times it's now. True. So gotta, I hope this is it. I hope we're done. I, I mean, really hope this is the last. Movie. They've effectively. Well, I don't think it's the last movie. Yeah, you're right. They're already not. they're already planning yeah. a sequel, from what I've heard. But either way, uh, and I, even if this new one's good. If you're doing a sequel, you better damn well make sure yeah. it's worth rolling those dice. Oh my gosh, no I swear, more fucking nurses. I swear, if we have another if we have another H2O that's followed up by a resurrection type scenario, <laughs> or Halloween 4 that's followed up by Halloween 5, and then 6, like, they do not have a good track record of following up a decent one or an okay with one. It seems like it's always downhill from where they originally start. Halloween to Halloween 2. Halloween 4 to Halloween 5 and 6. Halloween H2O to Halloween Resurrection. Rob Zombie to what you'll get next time. Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. We'll catch you guys on the next episode. Take care. Hey, buddy. Just give you a heads up. I got a Taco Deluxe Supreme talking back at me. So I'm going to be a while. So do you mind waiting somewhere else and let me pass this beast in peace?